1: Get started today at try That's trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L-I-F-E-M-D.com. com.
0: Oh, there it is. When that robot voice came in, you thought you were going to hear Jeff's voice, but you didn't. You heard mine. Jeff Kanata is a little under the weather today, but fear not, friends. DLC is bringing it to you again this week. Per usual, we have an incredible show. And you might be thinking, "Wait, Jeff's under the weather. Who's? How are they going to do a show?" Well, while DLC is usually your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, you know that when pinch hitting needs to be hit, when pinch hitting, when a ball. When you need someone, anyway, here's this, this is, this is what it's going to be. Hello, Anthony. Thanks for being here, buddy. How are you? I don't hear you. You're muted. Hello, Anthony. How I, are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm great,
2: Christian. I was originally supposed to be you. Uh, I know. And then now I'm Jeff.
0: We had but a day. My internet I was out I perfect. can
2: bring your level of enthusiasm. No offense. Uh, <laughs> but Jeff's level of enthusiasm, not a chance.
0: <laughs> yes, my internet was out for 14 hours Jeff is sick It's uh, At least there's not any real news Just kidding, there is there is real news There are real big video games I'm glad you're here for it, Anthony But also, I'm very glad Because we have, per usual, a great guest To share these stories and games with As I mentioned, usually DLC stands for Your Downloadable Kanata And your Downloadable Christian This week, it is also your Downloadable D'Anthony Kaur <laughs> But also joining us as a guest from uh Megadad's blog and Megadad's Checkpoints. DLC stands for Dads Love Checkpoints because of course they do. You got to get a checkpoint to get a save in. Joining us for the first time, Evan Peterson from Mega Dads is here. Evan, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm I was really upset that I didn't have a C in my name and I was gonna make you ruin that horrible acronym but you you found a way to make it work so i like it
0: i'm a fan there's always there's always a way where there's, there's a will there's always a way there's always a way um like we've been doing for so many weeks this year it seems like uh there's no rest there is no rest for the wicked big stories big games in fact sometimes big games launch on the same day in 2023 and that's what we got this past week but we my friends are going to start the show the way we always do, and that is with story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story
2: of the week, it's the story of the
0: week. There's a little Jeff for everybody. Look, we got a little, we got a little Jeff jingle in there. Uh, a little, a little Jeff, a little Jeff. Um, Evan, you are our guest. Anthony, you're a guest, but you're not our guest. You know, you know you know the role. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the role. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. Um, Evan, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. Ooh. What would be your story of the week this week? Well, you
1: know, I'm I'm gonna be the self serving person. I wanna talk about Spider Mans. Uh yes. particularly Venom. Because okay. uh, we got we had the Spider Man three or Spider Man two came out this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I am I am roughly you know I'm 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 a you know mega dad so I've got I've got a, a toddler. Uh so I'm typically about three to four hotnesses behind on things. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I expect to get to Spider Man two in the next you know year or so. Uh but they're, yeah, they're talking about doing a venom game.
0: Yeah. I mean the I'm... pace that this the pace that this year is going, Evan, if you're going on number of hotnesses. Um <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna be there in like two minutes because uh there's been non-stop hotnesses this year. There is that. So yeah. I, that. I think you'll be I think you'll be there before you know it. But yes, we got news, um, an interview with uh John Paquette from Insomniac, basically saying that uh, you know, folks folks want a Venom game. We'll 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 give them a Venom game. It's something that Insomniac is open to if fans are vocal enough in their desires for it. We'll, we will keep this show still Spider-Man 2 spoiler free. Um, but um, uh, Paquette said, so here's what we're doing. We're focused on Spider-Man 2, and what we're going to do is we're going to wait and see how the fans react. And and um, said that if fans really want a Venom spin-off title, uh, you know, then maybe. Then maybe. Evan, I know you're a few hotnesses behind, but are you going to... Is this something that you would really want as a Venom Standalone Spider-Man game, uh, something that excites you?
1: Oh, a- absolutely! I mean, first off, uh, I-, I played a hundred percented Spider-Man one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I own Morale- Miles Morales. I haven't actually gotten around to playing it yet. I think I played about ten minutes and then some fire happened or something. I don't remember what happened, but <laughs> I will finish it. But for me, Venom, there's two things that I really. I'm excited for if they're going to do a Venom game and it, well, three, cause I, if they go into like all the Venom, the the sub Venoms, like if you get to carnage and you get to shriek and you get to all those other weird ones, that'd be awesome. But I want a Venom game for two reasons. One, it gives Tony Todd more work. So Tony Todd, the voice of Venom in this game, but sure. you know,
0: yep. Candyman he,
1: himself, you know, not Star Trek next generation. I mean, he's, he's been forever, love his voice, want him to get more work. Uh, so that would be awesome. But also, I realize that a Venom game is the closest I'm going to get to another prototype.
0: Interesting. There's a po- well, maybe not. Maybe we'll get. You know, franchises never die, much like comic book that's characters. True.
1: That's true. <laughs> but I, I love the Prototype series, and and I realized Venom. I mean, it was basically like the last one, especially was basically just Venom with a different skin on. Uh, so it it was the 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 gap is not as far as as. Uh, it should be, or isn't, or I don't know. Either way, more venom, more, more. I want to hit guys with tentacles and then throw a tank at them. Like, that's what I want to do. I'm <laughs> I'm a simple man
0: and, uh, and, you know, I can be bought easily. It doesn't, it doesn't require a lot. I mean, if, if no. uh, Octodad would have had tanks in it, it seems like that would have fulfilled your request, tentacles and, and, and throwing and throwing. I, Anthony- I
1: was I was god awful at Octodad, so th- that that doesn't sound fun <laughs> at all to me. So. Nobody says
0: sex a thing, Octodad. <laughs> um, Anthony, what about you? Are yes. you chomping at the bit for a Venom game? Is there something that excites you? Would you want to expand it to you know villains getting? The spotlight, I know Sony is certainly doing that in the th- movie side of things with their Spider Man universe approach. We had the Morbius movie, we're getting the Craven movie, we've had Venom movies. Do we need mm. these games starring our heroes or anti heroes as well? I mean, I so here's the thing I could see Venom being
2: like a Miles Morales DLC, um, but. If you were to ask me, hey, we're Insomniac Games, we have X amount of bandwidth, and we can only make maybe two games at a time, and one of them is going to be Wolverine, what would you like to see? I'd like to see them make something else. So, I I don't know. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Like, I think Spider-Man 2 is fantastic. I don't think it's a bad game by any means. I think it's an excellent game. But, it's also feel like they they did a great job with it and i would like to see them do a great job with something completely different kind of like when they came out of nowhere with spider-man
0: interesting so maybe walking away from some of the marvel stuff uh, not necessarily more ratchet as well but maybe a a new ip entirely is that what you're kind of hoping for in your dreams and dreams i would i would love them to bring back resistance i think resistance would be awesome but, uh, yeah,
2: something new. I'm, I'm always game for new surprising things, but obviously I know that that's hard to sell to people. Obviously you put Spider-Man on a box and then you put two Spider-Mans and then you put a Venom on the box. You're gonna sell like gangbusters. So I understand. I understand the business point, point of view. Um, but I wouldn't, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be mad if they said, Hey, a year from now, we're making a Venom game. We're going to explore some storyline featuring Venom. Uh, I would I would play it. I would play
0: a, a Venom game. I, you know, I'd play anything, but. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, Venom uh, in the comics and in the movies certainly is a character that is uh, a hero as much as he has been a villain over the years. You know, we've had, Venom's been everything, right? Uh, from OG original idea of Eddie Brock, and even Eddie Brock has had his, Heroic turns at times. But then we've had straight up the suit attach itself to heroes that were almost entirely good. And the Venom films um, the, definitely per- portrayed as a hero of those films and not uh, a villain, you know, wreaking havoc on um, other Marvel heroes. And so I think as a game protagonist, it is something that makes a lot of sense, right? I don't think you need to bend over backwards to make a game that features Venom as your, as your playable character. I, I do think it'd be maybe more interesting, and perhaps, Evan, after we see Wolverine, we'll get an idea of what maybe a more mature game from Insomniac will be. But I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that. Is, are, are we looking for more violent, darker, M-rated superhero? game should a venom game lead into that should we have a rhino game where you're you know the dep- you, you're just straight up bad you know instead of stopping swinging around to spider-man to stop crimes uh as you're running through the streets as rhino you get an alert that's like bank with only one security guard <laughs> you know like go go rob bank
1: <laughs> you know if if we're gonna go that route i I mean yes, I, I think I'm I'm all in favor of doing I I, I, I part of the reason why I like like those the, like prototype and those kind of games is 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 how ridiculous it is. Like I'm not looking for, you know, I don't necessarily need to see like Mortal Kombat, you know, chunks of bone <laughs> flying off of people. Uh but you know there there is something to be said about. I mean, we haven't really had an open world kind of mayhem game probably since Saints Row 4, maybe. I think you know, d- that, like there is something about that th- that idea that that could be really fun. And, and, and but I also think if you're gonna do, if you're gonna, you know, if we're gonna go like Rhino and those, like do it more. I would say do it more a Sinister Six game, because no one wants no one wants to play Rhino for that long.
0: You, you know, know i'm just, sure it's, it's, whoa whoa i okay, just I'm DLC just send feedback at gmail.com send just your saying. uh <laughs> you, you you do I would it would
1: play
2: a game as rhino from amazing spider-man 2 <laughs> well
1: that's the, just because you movie, want to be the movie Giamatti. version everyone yeah. wants to yeah, call j. That, that's something that oh man <laughs> there you go but I, I would like to see them do almost like a gotham knights kind of style with like the sinister six as a whole where it's like you get all of them you, you get the whole and then so it's like for those you know psychopaths that like shocker. You, know, you can play him for a while. Uh you know, like you can mix and yeah. match. I think you do something like that. And and I think I think there's some uh there is some potential there. I think if you want to do we're already like you said, we're already seeing more of the villain stuff kind of come out with Marvel and also DC if you look at like Black Adam and some of that other stuff. Like there is that I think there is I don't want to say there's a demand there because Black Adam's the wrong one to use for as a case study for that but it's I I think there's something you can do with it I and 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 insomniac is a, is a smart group of people and I think they can figure it out and if not there are certainly people in studios
0: that no longer exist now that could use a job uh, <laughs> so
1: you know, you maybe hire true. some of those guys
0: Anthony what do you think do you think that this venom game is maybe going to oh, I don't know how to quite phrase this Uh I want to set up Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League, but I don't want to say prove its point because I think that game might sure. have issues aside from its villains as the star. But do you think, you know, this this potential tease at a Venom and the hint, you know, if fans want it is setting up this idea that yeah, we are ready to play the bad guys. Like those are games that that uh, could be big sellers. Or do you think people will take the lesson from Suicide Squad if it's not a hit as kind of ooh? The lesson to be taken from this is people don't want to play the villains, not yeah. people don't want to shoot purple glowy bits.
2: No, I'm, I I think Venom has, he's towards the top in terms of like cachet, just Marvel villains in general. I mean, those two Venom movies with Tom Hardy are not good and they make a ton of money uh, internationally more so than domestically, but they make a ton of money. So Venom has his own like brand recognition. So I, yeah, I could, I could see them going with it. Um I think between you and I I think like you know uh this conversation will have more nuance and interesting elements when you get into like a spoiler cast sure of like of what where things could go how things you know could go and everything like that so it's it's difficult to say you know here's what I would like to see you know, sort Without. of the same thing where yeah. somebody would say, well, we know Miles is in Spider-Man 1. Would you like to see a Miles game? And, you know, it'd be like saying, well, I know that at the end of Spider-Man that some things happen, you know, Spider-Man 1. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to be able to talk about it and say it in a way that's anything more than just, yeah, I, I, think, I think they will make one. I think it'll be a Miles Morales Venom
0: game interesting i mean i'm i'm certainly of the of the side of insomniac has not let me down i think ever so you know i think if they're excited by it they're interested in it it's something that they want to do that i'd want the answer to be them wanting to do it not fans uh you know yell at them on social media enough and that's what inspires them to do it i want the studio to have a passion i want brian or john or these folks working at insomniac to make this is the story we want to tell and um and frame that up as as the reason to do it because that universe as you know again no spoilers but spider-man one miles morales and spider-man two certainly contains a very large world in which um it is Full of characters that I think could all carry their own game for sure. We will see. I mean, it seems like the type of thing that if it is a Miles Morales style game, whatever they do next, I feel like we're maybe not too too far from hearing about it. Uh, I mean, Miles Morales was pretty quick on the heels of Spider Man One, and, and perhaps um, this will be this will be the same. So I'm sure there'll be more on that uh, stories coming in the weeks ahead, Anthony. Um, what would be your this-
2: story of the week this week, my friend? Pete Heim saying goodbye to Bethesda. Uh, I think it's a big deal. You know, it's, he's one of the last few faces of video game companies. You know, like there's not a lot of F- Phil Spencer's or, you know, Cliffy B's or Peter Molyneux's left. It's a lot of, we know them. Because we are in the industry and, you know, we see, you know, we see Brian come out and talk about Spider-Man and we know, okay, he he comes from, you know, we know his pedigree. We know where, where his his sort of uh, career trajectory has been, but there are for, I would guess, the mainstream, there are only a handful of faces left. I mean, I would say number one is probably Phil Spencer. And then I I don't know, maybe Pete Hines is number two.
0: Yeah. So the news is- but uh, was Bethesda's number head- two. Yeah. Bethesda's head of publishing, Pete Hines, announced his retirement on Spider-Man 2 Embargo Day, which I feel like is a, a pretty good... I, I announced so many things that day that people probably didn't even notice. Uh, it, is a, it is a day where the internet was webbed up in other issues and topics for sure. Um, but he said, after 24 years, I've decided my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I am retiring... And will begin an exciting new chapter of my life exploring interests and passions, donating my, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. He also said, this was not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career, culminating in the incredible launch of Starfield, it feels like the time is right. So Evan, this is a retirement post. This isn't uh, um, I'm I can't wait to share what I'm working on next. Post this seems like uh, Mr. Hines is at least for the time done in the video game business and I'm curious what your take is on that and, and what you think it might mean for Bethesda or folks uh, folks or fans of Bethesda's games. Do you think this is something that we will feel um, come the next Bethesda release or do you think that studio is so big and and Todd we trust? Uh, and I guess now in Phil, we trust that it keeps uh, soldiering on.
1: Well, you know, first off, folks are fans, so that works. Or fans are folks. I don't, I don't, there, there's, there, there feels <laughs> like there should be some sort of aphorism there that would work. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you, if you think, of, if you think about it, I mean, when was the last time anybody stayed at the same company, let alone a video game company for 24 years? Like, like the, it's just th- that, that in and of itself is almost unheard of. And like, I think he's earned it. I think he's earned the retirement. I think he's earned, you know, some time away. Um, he's made a few I mean, hits. He's been He's there made for a, a few hits. Hey, I mean, you know, he did, he did write the manual for PBA tour bowling 2001. So, I mean, that's, that's, that everyone remembers that one. That's what they know uh, but, him for. But, but, you know, it's. I don't, I don't think he's going to stay out of it. I, I, you know, again, you don't, you don't stay away. I mean, I I can see him being, you know, taking a year or two off and just kind of, you know, rolling in that fat, fat, uh, uh, star or star, starfield. I I was going to say starcraft, uh, starfield, uh, money. But you know I, I, he'll be back. He'll be doing something. It might be just doing. You know he might be the the, the second banana to Jeff Keely. You know he might just be one of those kind of guys. But you know, as far as the company's concerned, I think a, a guy like Pete Hines and being in video game PR, I think the video the video game PR world has changed enough where I don't know if we need these single voices anymore. Uh, at least up front. Interesting. Yeah, it's and and this kind of goes to what you know one of the other stories we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, but it's like there's so much more direct com- connection between the fandom and the public to you know the developers to to the actual people doing the work that I think a role like Pete's is going to be a little more behind the scenes in the future, more just like wrangling all the people and making sure everyone stays on uh, I don't think we're going to have like that <laughs> single, like we're, I don't know if we're going to have that single voice any you know, so much anymore. Uh, so maybe, maybe he's just kind of the last of, of the dying breed. and just like the, the, the last uh, um, where you're going to see be, be, it's, it's different than like um, I'm thinking like a, a, a Miyamoto or a, a, a Kojima where he's, he's a PR front in addition to being a creative person. Where it's like th- there is that there's a little bit more of that that celebrity aspect, if that's if that's the right word, whereas Pete was much more he's always going to be the spokesperson. And so I think there I think that role is going to be changing uh, just in the industry in general. Um, but, you know, Bethes- but and Bethesda's got Todd and they can throw Todd to the, the wolves every time they need to. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think Beth, I mean, Bethesda will be fine. I don't, I don't think anything's going to be that upset about that, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this is fine,
0: you know, and like I said, he's earned his, he's earned a break for God's
2: sakes. Yeah,
0: so say we all, um, Anthony, I think Evan makes some interesting points. This idea of, you know, a uh, quote unquote head of publishing and what that role might be or mean going forward we've we've mentioned brian and tahar a few times on this episode already he um you know lead on on the spider-man franchise uh over at insomniac (laughs) and in my opinion is an incredible spokesperson as well like very passionate about those games and and very knowledgeable about you know the behind the scenes stuff but also able to wrap a crowd around his finger i think similar to how um, Phil Spencer does when when he engages, and yeah. also Todd Howard. There are some of these folks that you know are in their elbow, up to their elbow in the muck, but then also put on a suit or a cool uh, t-shirt, and we're all you know drinking out of whatever cup they bring to the party. And I think Evan made some interesting points about this idea of and way to slip two stories in Evan. Well done, well done, um, I'm a pro <laughs> with what the city skylines devs kind of talking about you know oopsie maybe this game's coming in hot and i'm curious anthony your thoughts on this idea of you know what do do large studios benefit from having a a person that the fans or the the press or the media can kind of look to or could that all be served um behind the scenes we also saw major nelson over at xbox who i think was kind of that role as well um stepping away or or Microsoft cuts and and cost decisions, but no longer having that role. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and and what those roles might be like uh, next year or five years from now.
2: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because prior to the acquisition of Bethesda by Microsoft, it was sort of like Pete came out during the press conferences and was sort of like the MC, you know, he would introduce, the different games that were coming out, the different d- developers like Todd or, um, you know, people that were working on Wolfenstein or Doom or
0: whoever. And he was great. And, so, Absolutely and he was great. great yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But, I, I, you know, I think now that Bethesda doesn't have a separate press conference, now that Microsoft really makes the decisions, I, you know, it's, it's very possible he just said, look, I've been doing this a long time and I, I don't think I'm getting the same fulfillment that I was. And uh, I'm gonna retire. Like, I mean, twenty twenty four years is a is a great history of putting out excellent games that you can just hang your hat on and and retire. But I do I do wonder how much of that was him saying, "Okay, I I was the kind of decision maker, and your your Todd Howards were your creatives, and I'm I'm no longer that." You know, we saw some leaked. Uh, emails and things and and those were sort of conversations where it looked like Pete was a little frustrated by by certain decisions uh specifically exclusivity of some of the Bethesda games so i wouldn't be surprised if he just said yeah i, th- I think i'm done here but i do think for other companies it's a valuable thing to have somebody to steer the ship and be like the face of the PR element and then have someone else be sort of like the, I'm the creative. Cause when you do both, it's really tough. You know, like Neil Druckmann, he tries to do both and it, I mean, <laughs> he's a, he's a great creative, but he, he gets dragged a lot and that can't be fun. I know it's not fun. I work on the
0: internet, you know, like, uh, and by dragged a lot, you mean you, you don't mean like being dragged out to events. You mean people on the internet taking out their yes, frustrations. Yes, yes. Like he is, he has to be the fire – not has to be, but is often the the person who takes the ire of fans and, they, yeah. and you know, they want to reach out to him directly versus having someone else that does a lot of the talking and then also might have yeah. to be the person that has to take all that negative energy as well.
2: Like, you know, Spider-Man is a great game, but let's say Spider-Man fell short in some ways. People, I think, would be attacking Sony more so than Insomniac in some ways. Um, you know, there, there's a – There's kind of a tendency to like attack the the bigger umbrella, you know, like Call of Duty disappoints and everyone attacks Activision or things like that. That's true. I don't think there
0: is a person – I mean I I know that, yes, within the scene there is a very hardworking team of individuals that are supporting Call of Duty. But in the general idea of the internet, it's not like, oh, this skin stinks – One, first of all, don't do this in general. Just know that games are hard to make and we're all trying – everybody's trying their best. But that idea, the anecdotal idea of like, I I hate this skin. I'm going to go tweet at, you know, Billy Bob McActivision. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think it's rough. It's rough.
1: At the same time, I mean, Sony is a multi-billion-dollar company. And yet I still don't think they have enough money to properly compensate someone – to be the public face of 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 call of duty like like that's there's there's not enough money on the planet to take that job i wouldn't want or activision or anybody i guess guess it's
2: yeah it's just it's just like like, at one point it was um what's his face um i can't think of his name uh john i don't know he used to be the, the the guy and the developers would be the developers and
0: he left It's, it is a, it is a hard job. Um, We talked about it. You'd
1: have to buy that guy a private island, I think, in order to properly (laughs) compensate him for that job.
0: The problem is though, Evan, is that that island, uh, well outfitted, uh, militia people get parachuted into that island and they have to then kill each other until only one survives. So you actually don't want to be on an island. It's a bad place to be. You land with no supplies.
1: I'm not going <laughs> to criticize Activision's hiring policies. That's, that's their, how they want to do
0: things is their business. Uh, yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, my hope is, and we saw this months ago now, but a case in Seattle with a folk, a individual working at Bungie at the time, but case law and courts coming in and saying, you can't treat people like this. We are going to put a stop to this. This is harassment. You're not allowed to treat people this way. And, and the company. Bungie going to bat for their employee in that regard and saying, you know, we're not going to stand for this, but yeah, we, we're, we are speculating at this point, but we do know that Pete Hines is, uh, retiring. And I think it's easy for almost everybody to say, you know, well-earned, well-deserved and, and hopefully finds an Island without a battle Royale happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: really the dream for it. everyone, isn't
2: it? He earned
0: it <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
2: And now it's, you know, like I think moving forward, it's Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond and Matt Booty. They host the press conferences and then Todd shows up for Bethesda Softworks games and you know so on and so forth. And it's how it's been for a little bit already.
0: Yeah, and I think Sarah's a great pull. I mean, she's done an incredible job over the years for Microsoft and for Xbox. And it does seem like they've really positioned her to be a voice who is great. And charismatic but also authoritative and knows the stuff and then phil gets to walk in you know like with like not literally but like the smoking jacket and cigar and be like hey we're everybody's like yay and then you just get to hand it off to the devs you get to hand it off to the media trained devs who get to say the thing that they're passionate about like last year's oh god was that this year <laughs> the 2023 um the starfield deep dive you know was such a Cool yeah, yeah, evolution yeah. of that press conference approach where we got to hear from the devs who worked on the thing and what they're most excited about in this really well made, um, promo documentary style thing that I think that's a great point, yeah. Anthony.
2: But think about like Redfall, Redfall not successful. People weren't happy and nobody really knew where to point fingers. And so I think that obscu obs- I can't say that word. Observation. Mm, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that the smoke and mirrors will say Ooh. allows you to kind of keep your developers safe and, and they don't, they don't get as much heat, you know, like uh, in about a week or so, an Alan Wake game is going to come out. And if Alan Wake is poorly received, don't know whether or not it will be, people are going to point to Sam Lake as the person. Cause he was the person coming out and being both, the face of the creative and the face of the business. So I think, but then he also reaps the benefits. So it's you a know, double-edged sword.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think it's also hard too when it is a passion and not necessarily like you, the company has to pick somebody to be the, the spokesperson, but when you really believe in something and you love it so much and you're excited by it, I think it's easy to want to be out there about it. But you're right that that does unfortunately open up, um, Another another can of worms, and while not my story, you know, I gotta play the Jeff role tonight while not my story, but Evan teased it up, so we should talk a little bit about it as it is related to this. um City skylines two uh is out, but maybe the developers say it's not or or don't be uh there's some performance issues that are happening and they wanted to make people aware, but it is this example of direct developer communication. The quote is, as we've always believed in transparency, we'd like to further shed some light on the current state of the build. City Skyline 2 is a next gen title and naturally it demands certain hardware requirements. With that said, while our team has worked tirelessly to deliver the best experience possible, we have not achieved the benchmark we targeted part of me hears that and is like kudos for being honest and not putting you know some pr spin on it or well, i guess you need to get some better hardware or, or, or ducking it entirely but part of me also hears that and can't help but hear the crushing weight of capitalism and a need to hit a release date and oh god they were probably already crunching to get this out And Evan, I'm curious your thoughts where, again, you know, we've heard stuff from Phil Spencer before about Redfall, as Anthony mentioned. Phil came out after that game came out and said, like, yeah, we didn't hit our targets. We made some mistakes. We wish it was better. Um, But I'm curious your thoughts as you tease this earlier of this style of communication. Is this a breath of fresh air because at least they're talking about it? Or is there a world where um, there'd be a better way forward, perhaps? Uh,
1: Both of those are yes. How about that?
0: Um, <laughs> All right. Moving I mean, on. I, okay. I,
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Done. All done. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, that's all I heard was business, you know, the, the, some C-level persons like we need to get this out now, you know, you know, performance be damned. We got to start making some money off of this thing. And, and I, I guarantee that that conversation happened at some point, it, uh, in in the production. And and I also know that kind of like you said, the developers of these games, they don't want to put out garbage. They don't want to put out stuff that people aren't going to like. And unlike and, this show where I'm happy
0: to release whatever. I'm like Jeff not yeah, oh, here publish. Oh yeah, absolutely. Out, you know? Yeah, don't yeah. E- don't
1: even edit. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, so, so I I know I know it was painful. I've been on, you know, not nearly as public a situation as as a as a big release like this is, but I've been on the developer side of that conversation where it's just, you've got a product out that has to go out for whatever reason and it's not ready. And, yeah. and, you know, that, that is, that is the worst feeling in the world. If you have any sort of integrity or, or pride in, in your work, you know, so I do, and I'm always going to lean toward more transparency. I think, I think the biggest problem with a lot of game development and product development in general is if you don't know, like I guarantee you 90% of the people that are complain on forums or Reddit or whatever about the stuff that happened behind the scenes in these games, isn't a programmer, you know, or, you know, has, <laughs> sure. hasn't done, hasn't done corporate, you know, programming or, or development or anything like that, because there, there's so much more to it that is out of these people's control. and, If you, if you're in the, if you're in the weeds, if you are that programmer, if you are that developer, you you know, it may not be a one for one comparison, but like, you know, you've seen that, that story play out in your own life and you're not going to rag on anyone that, uh, that is also going through that. So I think the more transparent that these developers are about this stuff, I think, I think that can only be a good thing. It sucks. Uh, for the developers at the time, and it sucks for you know, the the people that have to manage the, the the marketing behind that because it's hard to market something when you've got a significant portion of another team on, in your company being like, yeah, it kind of doesn't work. Uh, um, so I mean, that, that's 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 got to be like that's got to be the worst thing in the world. But I do I do think the transparency is always going to be a good thing, and I think that in aggregate, if we if companies still keep doing this. And or, or just people being more and more upfront about the realities of creating a game, especially a high-budget, high-demand game like Cities Skylines is. I think, you know, obviously the hope is that the, the, the public gets a little more empathetic and they get a little more understanding about kind of what goes into some of this stuff and and that i mean that's the goal and if anything it, it's i i think it's up to the people that are in these positions I, i'm not going to expect the the developers of city scholars to be like yeah our company sucks and and like they're the they're the one you know this the, here's the here's the phone number of the boss that told us to release this early you know i don't think well, that's going to happen but i think but i think people i i think as people get I I want the blame to go to the right people if there is blame to be had. And I think the best way to do that is make the process as open as possible.
0: And I think that last point is interesting. And, you know, they did say that, uh, quote, we are proud of the unique gameplay and features in City Skylines 2. And we genuinely believe that it offers a great experience that you will enjoy. Um, They said that they believed releasing the game now to be, quote, the best way forward for the long term of the project which to me implies, you know, it's not an early access release, but getting the game out, recouping some of those dev costs, being able to continue to iterate on it, which they talk, they, they say that they've taken the long-term vision of the project into account and um, that they're going to continue to work on it over time. And Anthony, I'm curious your thoughts on that, where so many games now launch, um, not broken, but not perfect either. And the intent yeah. is not, not the intent, but the, it, well, it's going to get better or, you know, Jedi, uh, survivor. I loved that game. I, it's one of my favorite experiences of this year. I think it's phenomenal. It's still not, you know, put a bow on it. Perfect. Right. And are, is that just kind of the world we live in now? Or is there something different happening with city skylines too, and their need to kind of come out and say something and not releasing it as early access or charging full price. Is this just what games are now today? I hope not. Cause that, that's not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird
2: because, you know, we get, we get sort of a peek behind the curtain in, in what we do as far as like, I provided my reviewer with a city skyline code and I got updates on patches and like clarifications and things like that. So, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about your Lords of the Fallen experience. Um, I talked about it
0: a little bit on last okay. week's show. Um for folks who haven't listened, the game would not play for me. I had an hour to play yeah. it. it. I had several patches, and then I finally got it to load. I mean, I, I literally couldn't get into the game. And then it finally loaded, and the camera dropped inside my character's body and stayed there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It's tough. I played through that whole game um, with
2: massive frame drops. You know, pre-release, super pre-release, and it's it's from from my perspective or our perspective. What do you do? Do you just assume that okay? Well, I'm pay- playing this before day one patch comes out, before drivers are available. This and that. It's hard to kind of be able to be impartial and not hold something against a game because. If you do say, you know, like you said, you started up the game and you fell through and then everybody experiences it. Somebody with your exact build, your exact rig is like, I did the exact same thing and nothing happened. And you say, well, you've played after some patches. So I think with City Skyline 2, it's, it's another difficult situation of, yeah, there were performance issues. And I edited the review of my reviewer and he mentioned them. But he was like, how, you know, how aggressive should I be in kind of like making that impact the score? And it's hard to do. You know, it's hard to say this is just not going to be playable for a while or we're going to put out this review and then
0: the day one patch is going to come and it's going to be so much more playable. So maybe you should say that you're releasing the review now. In the best interest of the business, but the review is going to continue to evolve and change. That's true. <laughs> that, I, mean I, that, I, I believe, mean, I
1: believe in transparency, so I've only half written this review.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh,
2: it's, it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, <laughs> sh- should we should we do the same thing and say, you know, it being transparent. I had a lot of problems and I don't know if they're going to fix them. But, there,
0: there was a discussion. Sorry, there was a discussion for that on uh, DLC Discord recently. I thought it was interesting about updating reviews, and I think a, a lot yeah. of folks in that community got into the nuance of how that is difficult for what I would call air quote regular games, not updating Fortnite's, you know, re reviewing Fortnite five years later or something like that, but like Jedi Fallen or Survivor, which whatever the mm-hmm. newest one is, Survivor, yes. Um, you know, is a re-review worth it? And then if so, when do you do it? And how do you do it? And, uh, you know, what does that even bring versus? Yeah. um,
2: The answer to all
0: that is no, it brings nothing. Yep. 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 Well, I will bring us to what is my story um, of the week. And from Insider Gaming, we got a kind of sclusy roomy, uh, roomy, rumor um, idea of Far Cry multiplayer, standalone game we had heard about far cry seven and we had heard that um ubisoft was working on two different far cry projects and uh while they were one thing before it seems like now what we're hearing again um from insider gaming is that this multiplayer project has become a beast unto its own and is being spun off as its own project that is going to be an extraction based multiplayer shooter where it is set in alaska there is you know lore uh, attached to it your character has the promise of freedom but of course it's far cry so you land in a world that has been run amok and you need to find resources in the environment like i think the far cry gameplay loop serves itself to an extraction style extraction style game or even a, a battle royale landing with nothing and trying to find stuff and craft stuff You have a hideout, which is your base of operation. You've got gadgets. Um, I am curious about this, Evan, for a couple of reasons. One, where we are right now in the world and and getting this early information, it seems similar to what I remember hearing about what um, The Last of Us factions was with The Last of Mm, Us 2, where mm -hmm. it became so big, became its own project. Please know... I love everything Naughty Dog's touched, and I'm sure I would have loved Factions when or if it came comes out or came out. But we've heard this year now that that project is kind of been put on ice. Um, it maybe became too big or too complicated, and it wasn't able to become a thing. We've also heard that um, Hyenas, is that the Sega-based extraction shooter, yes, has yes. been mm-hmm. canceled. And it was allegedly one of the most expensive games they'd ever made, and it was kind of killed what two weeks before launch. Um, uh, There's another, the the game show we won for the finals hasn't fully come out yet. It seems to be kind of, and I'm curious, Evan, if you think this game will come out, are we, is the world hungry enough for a far cry extraction multiplayer? Does that, does that excite you? Or do you think we better served by um, keeping it smaller, but part of far cry seven, perhaps?
1: Uh that's there. There's a lot there. So I, I will, uh, for me personally, I, I, I could not care less one way or the other, uh, simply because I, I'm, I'm, I'm God awful at, at multiplayer anything, uh, especially anything involving speed, um, or at least faster than turn-based, uh, you know, but just from, just from a, just an outsider view of this thing, you know, I think whatever makes whatever gets the game out i think is is, is, which is kind of a a cop-out answer i admit but it's it's if they if they think that this is going to be the one that breaks the cycle then (laughs) let's do it but this is this is not this has not been a profitable uh, uh method in the past like like all of these kind of offshoot like honestly like when was the last like off like true offshoot multiplayer game that stuck around and, and you know, the multiplayer space in general is so bizarre and fickle I mean, maybe and,
0: maybe call of duty right like yeah. maybe cause that sure was, so. but because that, that was not that used to be a single player game and now i don't yeah i mean it kind of is but that's not where they're printing money from anymore sure. but yes i agree with you it's yes it is it's hard to do and a hard nut to crack but yeah, if, if and, you crack and, it, there's unlimited money in that nut. It's, it's, and,
1: it's and, and that's why these companies keep doing it.
0: You know, they, they, and they,
1: they keep they're going to keep trying because you know no one no one thought Fortnite was going to be what it is now. Uh, you know, and and so it's like who knows what what's going to happen with this stuff. Um, I'm going to actually contradict a point I made earlier um, about transparency, where I don't think it is in the company's best interest. To be telling anyone about this yet. Well, I don't know I, if they I, were. <laughs> well, I, but to, to me, like if, if I had, you know, if I'm, you know, you know, queen for the day of video, of video games, you know, I, my, I've, I've said this often. It's like, I think we find out about stuff too early in, in the video game industry. I think if, if I, if I ruled the video game world, it'd be like 90 days before it's released, Anything before that, it does not go out. This this is this is like you know the UFOs under Utah kind of kind of secret level <laughs> stuff.
0: You know, it's it's, 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 it's <laughs> funny
2: because that was Pete Hines' mantra. That used to be that used oh, to be yeah. his thing. Was we announced yeah. a game yeah. and it comes out this year?
1: Yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah, and and I even I didn't go too far. I didn't go like I said even shorter than that. But that's because I have zero attention span. So that's that's really what it is. But you know, I, I, I do think we're hearing about this too early and the fact that it's already changed so often. Like, would would any multiplayer... Let's say you're a huge multiplayer fan or a huge Far Cry fan. Are you going to be... Is your life going to be worse finding out about a new Far Cry game or a new multiplayer game a few months before it comes out and then it comes out and it's awesome? Or never hearing about a game that was going to suck anyway. Like, like where, well, like where like, you know, it's, it's, I, it, it, to, I, to, I to me, you. it's like, let's, let's do Let's, let's do it. Let's try it. You know, you're employing people. So, you know, I'm all for people having jobs, but as you know, from, from, from a fan perspective, it's like I, I, I'd be very curious what this is going to, like, how is this going to move the needle in the multiplayer world?
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I I, I do love a Beyonce drop, but uh, this, to be fair, is not is not Ubisoft announcing this. This is you know rumored inside information well, talking about there's, it. There's, I think.
1: Su- there's supposed to be all sorts of collusion between you press people and the companies.
0: <laughs> oh, Let's sure. use this yes, collusion yes, yes. for good for once. Darn it! No, well, it's scary. all about it's all about money. Um, Anthony, right, does right. uh, you, you're a, a far cry Um sure. I, yeah, I played through pretty much all of them. Uh, Does this excite I don't you? Enjoy,
2: I don't enjoy extraction shooters, to be honest. Okay. Um Yeah, I I think it fits well, like you said. I do think that it makes sense, you know, the different weapon types, the you know, being able to get attachments, being able to get perks and things like that. It make, makes sense, but it also feels a little too late. You know, it's hard to say, like, this is let's say it's still a few years away that extraction shooters are still going to be talked about. I don't think there really is there besides Tarkov. And I don't think Tarkov's as popular as it once was. Is there any other option for you for an extraction shooter that has
0: like a strong population and a strong community and all that? I mean, they're trying, right? I think that's what the marathon Bungie's game. There's rumors that bunge one of Bungie's sure. games, if not marathon is going to be that Ubisoft also, I think is, maybe doing another one within the division maybe I think or something. Well, they kind of had, a, um, uh, I
2: forget what it was called, but they had sort of like a, I think it was just called maybe survival. And it was sort of an extraction shooter, very different, but similar. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. it it, it's an unfortunate part about getting video games right and giving them the time to develop is that when something catches fire, you don't have the time to be able to deliver on that you know uh, attention so ubisoft did it themselves they put out at least one or two battle royales attempting to capture the attention of the battle royale yeah. fan base and it was like no nope, we've moved on they're not they're not as popular as they once were they are still popular but not as popular as they once were so well yeah oh, go ahead it's hard to- no, no no what was-, was you gonna say
0: i'll say i will take you up on that sweet transition and i too will move on then uh i'm sure we'll be talking about far cry extraction more if or when it comes out um but like skull and bones we might be talking about it more and it might never uh come out but at least beyond good and evil 2 is coming out um but we sure are going to come out and be talking about our games that we've been playing in a section that we call the playlist Evan, you had mentioned that uh you're you're often a few hotnesses behind, but I'm yes. curious what is on your playlist this week? What uh what brings you to the yard? What's getting you excited this week?
1: Uh well, I did mention Final Fantasy 15 uh and Let's do it. Uh, I you know, it's I I I'm going to apologize in advance anyone that's listened to to checkpoint uh you've heard me talk at length about both of the games I want to talk about uh so just I'll just you know maybe go grab something to drink. Uh but uh, yeah Final, F- Final Fantasy 15 uh is a good game. You know, it's the part I'm at right now, I think I'm like starting I'm like close to like the beginning of the third act. I don't exactly know kind of where it fits in the situation, but I, I have the feeling that I have done everything I'm going to be able to do. Like there's going to be no new thing to do in this game and no new mechanics, no kind of twist on the gameplay. It's just like, what I've done is what I'm going to do for the rest of the game. And that's a little yeah. disappointing because I like, you know, I want to see what this has to show me. Like I, I I'm, I'm invested in the story. I think it's one of the best acted, uh, of all the Final Fantasies, uh, and you know, definitely the best written, and it's like I want, I, I want, to, I want to finish this movie, uh, but the gameplay is like, okay, you know, it's fine, it, it's nothing, nothing really super spectacular, uh, but but I'm enjoying it, and and I love. They call it, you know, the the time, whatever, like, like time frame. They where you hit the button and it tells you who the people on the screen are. I can't remember the yeah. name of it now. Uh, that i just call it dad mode just because it's like oh it might be two weeks before i have time to play this again so it's like i don't remember who any of these <laughs> freaking, and it's like it's like yeah well, let's, let's 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 watch game of thrones a month in between each episode and try to remember who half these people are it's 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 the same thing so i i definitely
0: appreciate that uh and then the other thing i'm playing is well, let's, let's pa- i want to pause oh, on Final sure. fantasy 15 sure, for a sure. minute sure. um and i'm or maybe broadly, we have again folks. Well, hold in the on. Community. Can
2: I? Sorry if this derails it. Are we talking about 15 or 16? 16. Okay. Whatever's the new? Whatever's
1: the new? Whatever. No. Yeah. Whatever that's the new one. That's
2: when I When I was like, you are It is, enjoying 16. This? It is 16. Are it you is 16. crazy? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm
1: an idiot. I, yeah, I'm an idiot. That's my fault. That's my fault. No, I can't count. It is,
0: it is no it's, one's fault. It's the show doc's fault. There's, Look, there's I, no car. I, I there's know. no
1: car in this one.
0: So, okay, God, I don't yes, know. Who, yes, yes. Look, we won't have to say who typed the games that you're playing in the show doc, Evan. No one's going oh, no, to say it was me. that you. It was me. Oh, no, I, I, no. N- no one. No one is going to quote a Taylor Swift song and say, "Hi, it was you." We're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to leave it. As a
1: Midwesterner, as a Midwesterner,
0: we revel in our failures. Uh, just look just <laughs> well, look this, at our football teams. So, this it's, will not it's, be one of them, my friend. This will not <laughs> be one of them. This is a success story as I move us over to Final Fantasy 16, which I wanted to pause. Thank you, Anthony, for that uh, clarification. Yes, thank you. But also, as you were describing what I thought was Final Fantasy 15, and you were clearly talking about Final Fantasy 16, I was yeah. sitting there nodding and going, That sounds right. <laughs> that that's still Whoa, sounds ooh, right. until you yeah, mentioned the pause until you I mentioned actually, the I, pause I, until you I, mentioned I actually,
2: the characters yeah,
1: yeah i actually i think i know why i was thinking final fantasy 15 and not just because i can't add uh but uh my <laughs> my toddler her falling asleep song uh every night we have to listen to what she calls the quiet song which is the florence and the machine cover of stand by me from final fantasy 15. So I see yeah. that game every night.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> on the YouTube videos. So I think that's part of where that came from. So, there you go. Yeah.
2: When you when you said, you know, I'm enjoying it and you're in the open world, I was like, "Oh yeah, you're about to hit when it goes off the rails." And then you said oh. it's got great story, great acting, and I went, "Nah, this got to be 16 cuz yeah. <laughs> I know I love it. Christian less so. Jeff mm-hmm. even more or less so.
0: Well, uh, yeah, Anthony, I want to bring you into this conversation too, because I will, uh, proudly admit we don't have a bumper for it, but, uh, it goes, Anthony was right when he texted Christian and said he wouldn't finish Final Fantasy 16. Anthony was right when he said that. And uh, when I said back to you via text, no, I think I will. Uh, and you were like, you know, ROFL. Um, you were, you were right. I had every intent to. Uh, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 16, all of the hours I put into it. I have not, mea culpa, I have not finished it and probably will not checks watch, uh, October 22nd. Probably will not before end of the year. But is there a way, Anthony, without spoiling anything, uh, specific perhaps that is Evan's fear correct that he's kind of seen what there is to see Cause my understanding is 16 In my opinion, where no. I am. Yeah, it goes places, right?
2: Yeah, because you said you're chapter three.
0: No, I was thinking
1: like the third act. I don't know. Do we want to do spoilers?
2: Can Uh, we do spoilers on this? Like some some hints about yeah, be vague. Yeah, vague. vague vague. Reference to where you are. So
1: I have. I think I've I've got all but one of the summons. I think if if people haven't played this, then you know that's not going to be a huge Final Fantasy spoiler. Okay, Uh, then yeah,
2: I I would say yeah, you probably have seen all it has to offer but i i still enjoyed getting those summons and making you know different combos there and whatnot
1: sure yep yeah i like i said i enjoy the game but yeah i i'm more interested in the story at this point than the action than playing the
0: game um that's fair that's final fantasy yeah that's fair and i think a testament to the quality of the story and uh you know, how interesting it is and the compelling, how compelling the characters are before we get into your other game. My question for you, Evan is like, again, in the community, we have a lot of folks that also aren't playing the latest newest hotness each week it comes out. And in Mm -hmm. fact, this hobby becomes infinitely uh, more affordable when you don't do that high, big, big recommend patient gamer, highly recommend before we started recording, we, we were chatting about our friends over at cheap gamer a little bit big fans, Buy late, buy on sale. Uh, yeah, GB, Wombat, and Chip. Great, great, great. Uh, raise that flag every day. Um, but Evan, as you were sitting here, you know, surrounded by a plethora, a cornucopia, as we get ready for November, of great games, and you're not pursuing them as they come out, how do you make your selection as to, you know, what to pluck off the proverbial p- pile and play? When, when you do have that free time. Well, the
1: thing you got to remember about me is I'm not very smart. So what, (laughs) so what I do and, and, and I'm, I'm a steam gamer from, for, for many, many years. So I buy them right away. I just don't get to them till you know until you know six months, you know a year later. no
0: Best I think worlds
2: yeah exactly exactly
1: well I'm, i I feel like I'm helping the economy really is what it is. Uh-huh. Mm. no, yeah. i i yeah. think I mean, I think that's a good question, and what it i think what it is and is. I I still pay attention to to what's coming out. Uh, I mean, the game I was playing before Final Fantasy 16, and I don't know if you can hear this, but my cat is trying to break into my office right now. So if, if there's weird sounds in the background, I apologize. Your uh, cat has but, some hot
0: takes about Final Fantasy. like yeah. he, he's he uh, very well. well your loved, I your mean, cat
1: has
2: succeeded. I see. He, you
1: cat. He, yeah. has, he has. He has. He has. He, he's watched me play most of it. So I mean, he probably <laughs> does have some hot takes. Uh, the cat but, is in the building. <laughs> but before that, the game I was really into is Midnight Suns. You know, so like that. Even then, like that was six months to you know six nine months behind. You like short games. I well, you know, I like to (laughs) I like short games that I can play forever because you know I think I'm like sixty hours into Midnight Suns and I still not finished that one. You know, I think it's it's really comes down to what I get into like what I try to alternate basically. It's like, like whatever I just played, I want to play almost the opposite of that. And then I see what's out there and I see what, uh, you know, I don't really read reviews or anything like that, but it's, it's, I just kind of see what's available. So like when, when final fantasy, you know, is I'm already kind of starting to plan, but like what I'm going to do next after final fantasy and like now I'm probably going to be doing something a little more, a little, a little, a little less story based. A little more drop in, drop out. I don't have to pay that close attention anymore. So, like, I might be doing, I might be doing a rogue like. I may may go back into like, um, uh, was it Rogue Legacy two? You know, I may do something like that. Yeah, you know, like it, it really kind of. I just try to see what the world is because you're right. There's a there's a ton of games out there. There's a, there is that cornucopia of stuff out there, and especially with things like Game Pass and and PlayStation. E word here, and all of those, you know, all of those services. You have a wider variety of games available to you at at ridiculously low prices. And if you don't care about being part of the immediate conversation around a game, then the, kind of the world's your oyster. You can do whatever you want. And I, and I, if anything, what I like to do is I'll play a game six months, a year, two years later, finish it, and then I'll go back and read the reviews. You know, at that well, point,
0: then they'll be just, outdated because Gamerant.com would well, yeah, yeah, skylines open. too. Uh, I Bad know. review because perform it. <laughs> true. I know, I don't, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'm also I – mean, don't edit the reviews
0: because
2: I want to get that we do, Yeah, canceled. we do get emails like that. I didn't encounter that. I was like, well, you're
0: playing it three years later, guy. <laughs> well, yeah, gamerant.com. I am playing Halo <laughs> Combat Evolved 1, and your <laughs> review – is <graphics> terrible. <laughs> You said the <laughs> graphics were good and it's terrible. What are you doing? that's um, the inverse. It's yeah, exactly. A 10-year-later... <laughs> yeah, there you go. But no... GamePro.com, but I, but I like, gave this game a graphics of 5.0 Explodey Face.
1: GoldenEye but I, but I 007.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I know, I but I, I do like seeing kind of what those original interpretations were. Because there's so many games that came out that... Either they were just, you know, they weren't appreciated in their time. I remember that with like Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium, like no one understood what the hell that was about for a long time. And then as people played it, and people started discussing it, and so on and so forth, like the the discussion around that game is so much more vibrant than it was when it came out. And so it's like coming into these games late is is I think I think it's prefer like I I prefer it that way. It's pretty rare that I'm going to be playing something. Uh, that is being talked about at large uh, in general. Um, mostly because I hate talking to people, but that's, you know, that's just kind of a side benefit, I guess. I,
0: mean, I think that's a great point. I think, you know, a con is is zeitgeist if you want to be hip with the zeitgeist. Uh, but I think oftentimes in general, it's nice not to be that anyway and not to be that hyper online per se. Um, another con perhaps though is the risk of spoilers. Some things are so big and so inescapable Um you know especially narrative-based games final fantasy 16 certainly has its share of in my opinion spoilerable moments spider-man 2 now as well and i feel like sometimes games come out and my goodness uh major outlets have what i would consider spoiler stuff up very quickly and often in the headline you know like uh I'm making this one up, but it's like top 15 ways Gwen Stacy dies. And you're like, wow. Okay. Well, I didn't know she was in the game and I guess she's dead. (laughs) You know, you're like, thank you for that article. Um, but I, I agree that oftentimes coming to a game late is a, not just from a patched perspective. Um, but also sometimes just because of a patched perspective, the, the way to play a game, Anthony, do you, you know when when you're not playing something for review or playing something in advance when you are looking back at a backlog per se, do you have a a system uh or is it kind of no. what jumps out at you at the moment or you have some free time I, and you're back I, in your back my Destiny? backlog
2: does not exist I don't <laughs> like it after a certain point it either it's either I'm gonna play it or the year is gonna end and it it is that's it hey, um, i mean ruthless. i you know like i mean. Like you said, I, I I specifically work in an industry where I am exposed to spoilers. I'm. It's important to be part of the conversation. Like, um, I think good examples include like Elden Ring. Like being part of that conversation of finding secrets and and things like that. I think when you go back into those communities when you're playing it later, you're just going into a community and it's basically a echo chamber at that point. It's all the people that still love the game and are talking about it. So you don't get to. Like I, I've been regularly going into Lords of the Fallen subreddit and going, okay, what are people thinking? Like, what do they think of this? What do they think of that? How do, how does that compare to how I felt? Um, but yeah, I very rarely, I mean, I juggle a lot of games. In most cases, I, you know, I'll, I'll play a game and say, I'm interested in this. I'll play it for about an hour or two. And if by the time I reach that mark, I'm not determined to play more. Usually I am, even if I'm not even super enjoying the game, uh, I'll move on. Um, yep. but yeah, it's, it's a, I'm a, I'm in a weird spot though.
0: You're in a, yes. Uh, I mean, a spot, I think a lot of folks find them in though. I think because of, if not job stuff, I do think social pressure of zeitgeist, the world in which yeah. we live in today is, is, uh, sped up often. Um, okay, Evan, I've delayed us long enough, uh, but thank you for going on that tangent uh, with us. What else, my friend, is on your playlist? I mean, the biggest thing
1: right now in my life, uh, aside from a Civilization Six game that I'm very badly losing uh, online, but it is, uh, is, is a game called RimWorld. Uh, it is primarily a PC game, uh, but it, is, it came out on consoles, I think, about a year ago. Uh, it, if you are unfamiliar with this game, uh it is uh first off count yourself lucky uh because it is uh it, it will if, if you are the if you are the right kind of person and i am that person uh it will consume your life i i've i've had this game for about a year and a half now and i've got close to six thousand hours in this game uh
0: it is you like and, short games yeah
1: yeah i do i do like short <laughs> games uh you know it's uh you know uh so it is it is is a science fiction colony sim game and the basic premise of it is is you are a crash landed group of people you have to survive uh in this in this kind of in this rim world in this this world on the edge of civilization and you have to you know you know feed your people and 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 you know hunt and grow crops and build buildings and research technologies, and the original goal uh, in the base game is you're building another ship to get back off the planet. That said, there have been three DLCs uh, that have added more and more end conditions up to and including taking over essentially the, the galactic empire um, and or uh, joining the machine consciousness that runs the universe and all of that. So like the game is expanded, but also on PC, there are thousands upon thousands of mods. This is a hugely modded game. And so no person's game is going to look the same. And, and so mine is, I, I, I'm a mod junkie. I've, I think I've got like 300 mods on, on this thing. Uh, and, it, there's just there's so much to do. It's it, I, the way I play it is very much more sandboxy than any sort of uh, uh, goal oriented kind of situation. But there, if you're familiar with Dwarf Fortress or some of these games where there's here's here's a billion little interactions and here's all these little systems that all sort of work together. Uh, and if you forget one thing, then everything will collapse. Uh, and the, <laughs> there's all, the, there's all of this emergent storytelling, the, the rim world that kind of it calls itself a story, a storytelling or a story generator. And, and that's what it is, 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 you know, you're dealing with interpersonal relationships. You're dealing with strange happenings on the planet. You're dealing with sudden deaths and, and the DLCs add so much to that in terms of relationships. Like one of the DLCs, the most recent one they added children you your your colonists can have children and raise them and do all these things with them and you know so that adds a whole aspect to it and if you're into kind of doing some of the work yourself and so, sort of building the story in your head uh i it's a it's a game that that is going to you know going to cost you 6000 hours of your life uh you know <laughs> it, it it's something that is 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 a huge part of of this idea of emergent storytelling and emergent play by just throwing as much random chaos out there and seeing where the things fall and i enjoy that in a very sad way
0: i i love hearing that Rimworld is a game that i have been aware of and have you know seen and, and heard about um there's a, a few of these types of games where i feel like i will read someone's internet description of their emergent story or evan as you were painting it here and listening to it and being like that sounds amazing that sounds fascinating not for me you know i just knowing the type <laughs> of gamer that i am which i think is probably good because hearing you talk about it it feels kind of like the ring you know once you see it you have uh 6 days until you lose 6000 hours of your life.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel the, I feel the same way about um um Eve online where it's like I read stories about it and I'm like I want to be part of this but I also like have a mortgage. And yes. it's like and, ooh someone and, made and a children. Star Wars
0: episode 1 uh trade yeah. dispute interesting this is fascinating I <laughs> I can't wait to play this game and then I I can't um I work
1: for a bank in real life. So it's like, okay, we can add spaceships and spreadsheets together. Oh, this is the best.
0: And yeah, <laughs> I just know I can't do it. I can't do it. Anthony, have you have you uh rimworlded it seems like something that could pull you away for a very long time, but I haven't heard you talk about it before.
2: No. Um uh, I yeah, I've never never even tried it. I've watched a few streamers play it when it first came out, but that's about as far as I got. I didn't really it's not for me
0: to be honest yeah i i love that there are whole dare i say genres of games that almost live within the game itself as you mentioned eve online has grown and changed so much in RimWorld. world i you're talking about the expansions and the mods that are available for it We're like yes there are other games that do what it does but it's such a uh potential married to game for so many people the, the only game you really want to spend your time with that it becomes a thing unto itself. And it's a, what type of, what types of games do you like? I like Rimworld. No, no, I said what types. Yeah, that's the one. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that is the type and that is the game. Um, that's awesome. I love to hear it. Uh, Anthony, you and I, um, yes, I was, I was wondering, huh? you know, mm-hmm. what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? I was wondering. You had a wonderful thought. Uh, it is a wonderful life. I was wondering if perhaps we were playing the same game and we are one of the uh mm-hmm. the uh Barbenheimers of the video game world that uh yes, like yes. a nuclear explosion got dropped on uh the gaming landscape this past Friday and that is Super Mario Bros. Hey Jeff Super Mario Bros. It's not brothers it's bros Super Mario mm-hmm. Bros No Super Mario Bros Wonder. You and I have both been spending some time with it. I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, the new 2D Mario. Uh,
2: I'm not too far into it. Um, it's hard to kind of say uh, where. I i would say I'm on the third world. I've eliminated two of the things you're supposed to eliminate.
0: I guess <laughs> okay, if that makes yeah. sense
2: for anybody that's played it. Um, but I'm playing it with my son. Um, so we've been playing it together. And I was very excited to have a a switch game we can play together i'm always looking forward to games we can play together so we've been playing that um i think it's great it's super charming i think the badge system is really clever i wish you could use different badges i don't know can you
0: you can you can swap your badge uh before no no, level. no
2: but like uh if i was playing and he was playing could we have different badges
0: my understanding i also have been playing a lot with my children and i have not seen a way to make that possible okay. it seems like we all cuz he wants <laughs> to see me, the other ones the and patch. i'm like why
2: would you not do the hat, the hat well uh keep playing sure fair enough well <laughs> he's obsessed with getting the top of the flag so then he was like oh wait oh yeah okay i need sure. the hat yeah um but yeah it's it's so clever um the art is incredible i think the wonder mechanic which uh, shifts the levels in kind of really zany ways. Um, I think it's like the second or third level. It, it really like comes out swinging with a kind of musical thing that is just incredible. Um, I, I like the kind of co-op mechanic of if my son or I fail or get hurt, we can just fly over to each other and not waste a life. I'm always into those types of mechanics. So, um, anything that's added there is a, is a welcome kind of feature. And the, the having the, the kind of crown above the character and that controls where the camera goes, but based on person is a little rough, but I get it. Uh, I would just like to be the, the crown guy cause I'll wait for my son. My son will not wait for me. He would just be like, see ya. I'm <laughs> like, please wait, please wait, please wait. He's not big into secrets until you actually point out the secret. But I don't mm. want to point out the secret. I want him to, you know, kind of, uh, figure it out on his own. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of variety. The badges add new kind of platforming mechanics. There's new abilities like the, um, bubble flower thing and the big elephant that everybody has seen. And those, um, are pretty fun. I like the way that the, Perspective can shift and and the levels, you know, it is a 2D Mario game, but it doesn't just feel like you're just playing 2D Mario levels over and over again. They do some very clever things with, especially with the wonder flower. Yeah. I, I think if you, if you have any familiarity with a 2D Mario game and you enjoyed those at any level, at any experience uh, in your life, you'll, you'll have a great time with this one.
0: I co-sign everything you said. I am also not, I have not rolled credits in it. I think I'm I'm a little further along than you are, but I'm playing also solo, but then also playing a three-player game with both of my children. And I would put this game at the top tier of any platformer ever made. Having not finished it yet, so maybe my opinion will change, but I, you know, full-throatedly love Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I think it is an absolute triumph top to bottom. If this is how the Switch ends, there could not be a more beautiful headstone atop its grave as this system goes into the sunset. I am blown away by the beauty of the game. Again, Nintendo is proving to be, you know, just master artists working within the constraints of a system. Here's a game that's coming out after the Super Mario Brothers movie which was stunning and beautiful. And every, I think I was on the film cast when they talked about it. I think I described it as every scene in the movie could be paused and turned into a poster. Like the movie was that beautiful. And this game, while not looking like the movie in no way looks bad, you know, it's not like, Oh, if only it looked like the movie, like they have found an art style for super Mario brothers wonder that makes it look crisp and fresh and bright and dynamic and the way the characters animate is just absolutely phenomenal. Every little touch of, you know, going into a pipe and Luigi reaches back for his hat or whatever it is. Or Yoshi, you know, the thing we've seen a million times of sticking the tongue out, but something about this game and the, you know, the, the the uh frames per second it's able to maintain a very consistent sixty and just firing on all cylinders and then the creativity in almost and maybe all level of this game. I can't get in a time machine and go back to when I first played Super Mario Brothers 3 or when I first played World and, and remembering how blown away I was by those moments in that moment. But this game again I have not finished it, so I, maybe it falls flat halfway through. I I don't expect it to. I I think this is my favorite Mario platformer of all time, the sheer creativity shown in each level. And for a franchise that is what, 38 years old or however old the franchise is for them to find this level of creativity in these, in these levels and having it be 2d in a side scroller. Again, you, we've seen wonderful creativity in galaxy and in, um, Odyssey, but seeing that now expressed in 2d after, Suffering's not the right word per se, but after suffering through multiple new Super Mario Brothers side scrollers that kind of, in my opinion, became tired. But then after also celebrating all of the incredible fan made levels in Super Mario Maker 2, I know Jeff talked about before when that game came out, where it's like, well, they can do nothing else. Every level's been achieved. Brilliance has been achieved. And now, as, as Jeff mentioned on this show, what wonder does is it goes, Oh, we've brought in things that aren't possible. And Super Mario Maker and brand new mechanics you've never seen before, and I truly do not think the trailers do this game justice with what the Wonder Flower brings to it. And you see it on screen, and it's like, oh, the pipe's bendy now, or ooh, the perspective shift, and now we we have a top-down camera for a little bit. Are things that they've shown in trailers, but playing the game in those moments when you get the Wonder Flower and having you know the world change in a totally different way, or musical elements coming in, or um, perspective literally shifting and having the goal dynamically change just everything about this game feels, you know, I I joked about the old game pro score of before, but every sound graphics, gameplay, uh, replayability 5.0, it it just feels absolute top tier and it's across the board of even the subtle decisions they made. There's no timer. uh, And the amount of a lot of Mario games have that timer to get to the flagpole by a certain time. And and wonder doesn't have that. There's also rarely some levels do. And I think for a good reason, but there's rarely the uh, screen that keeps pushing you left to right. You're able to explore this full world and, and, and find the secrets and live in it. But also, as you mentioned uh, with, with your son, Anthony, it, it's not required. Even the wonder flower isn't required. I think this game has a really creative uh, approach to difficulty where, um yoshi and um oh gosh what's the other guy's name nabbit Um, nabbit thank you don't take damage from enemies on screen and so that's immediately changes the play yoshi has the tongue and players can ride on yoshi as well so that also is maybe perhaps quote unquote easier than playing as another character and then the badges are are both Things that can make levels easier but also make them more challenging depending on what you want to do. The creativity and the badges and how you unlock them. And then the level progression. You don't have to do every single level. It's uh get five uh, of these seeds to be able to take on the boss. But how you do that is up to you. And each level shows you how difficult it is. I've been to a few secret areas that have truly punishing, I mean, just... You know, I know it's a good game when I'm getting that callus on the side of my thumb, you know, from on the D pad where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm really I'm really working this bad boy. I'm getting back into my roots. Just phenomenal. There are levels that, you know, remind me of my favorite parts of Celeste in terms of pure platforming brilliance. And to say that this is a pixel perfect platformer, even though it's not pixel art, uh, not all the time, but sometimes it requires that level of precision. I I can't I can't handle 2023. My top five favorite games of the year, I think is 72 games. And somehow here we are on October 20th. And, you know, with Spider-Man two and super Mario wonder two more came out that are like, Hey, we should be at the top of your list. I, I think if you've seen the trailers for super Mario wonder and you think, eh, not for me, uh, I'd give it a second chance. Maybe go to target and play the demo. I don't know how well the demo encapsulates what this game does but my goodness it's just creative and brilliant and fun and my kids are loving it uh and I thought've been playing these games for forever I'm having like genuine you know jaw hits the floor moments of like amazing just the creativity on display on these levels I'm like oh i never i didn't even consider that as an option and they've introduced it as a gameplay mechanic I could go on and on forever but Anthony, I love this game. And Evan, if you've already bought it, it's very good. Uh, and you have it sitting on your pile. I would highly recommend it as the next game that you uh, slot in when you have some RimWorld time available. I'm the sad fan. thing is,
1: I play I play so much RimWorld now. I can do them both at the same time because there's long there's long <laughs> gaps when there's nothing going on in RimWorld. So it's like, yeah, I, I can. I got the ADD to do that. I mean, I, I haven't. I have not played this game, um, and but i do i it's it is rising up the list for me and and for me what does it and i think a lot of what the both of you have said in terms of describing how the game plays and all of that the, the the way i think about it now is that this game plays like how i imagined super mario bros 1 played when i was 6 like it's like like there's so much about yeah, this I think game that's that accurate. like like if if you had if you would open up my brain as a small child when I'm playing those very very primitive platformer games i would have felt like i would have described it the way that this game looks and this game plays and so that in and of itself is just kind of i think i need to revisit that and i look forward to getting to the point with my kids where they're old enough to to play games with me because um, the Peppa Pig game does not count as a game, frankly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, no, I it is, it is definitely on my list of, of things I want to check out. And I haven't honestly played a super Mario game of any stripe, probably since super Mario world. I want to say like, I, I, oh, I, I kind of, yeah. I kind of jumped through a lot of, you know, I had, I had my PC gamer phase. So like, there's a whole generation I didn't play. And, and I, I was never a big Nintendo guy in general, so I, I I never really got into most of the Mario games. and But this one sounds like it could be something that I could be really into. And I think it's fascinating that the really funky game design thought is being placed in platformer games. Like you're seeing all these, these platformer games that are doing some really interesting things with like, what does it mean to be a modern game? with this huge you know almost 50 year history of gameplay uh, design you're seeing the really wacky stuff in platformers you talked about celeste you talked about you know these other things and it's like i think that's interesting that that pl- the platformers are are really kind of taking the the lead on on just being just really bizarre and 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 experimental and i think that's super cool like sports games th- that genre is pretty calcified role-playing games i think in general are fairly calcified platforming is a kind of free form just i think because people think of them as very primitive kind of games and so it's it's really really cool to see where the co- people are taking these these things
0: I I think Super Mario wonder certainly breathes new life into a genre that I think a lot of people thought Nintendo thought was, was dead for the Mario franchise. And it's, it's been a real treat for me to see. I I would love to do a spoiler chat about it after I finish it and talk about some of the, I don't want to spoil the, even the levels not, there's not a plot. It's like, Oh, they got to go stop Bowser. Sorry, spoiler. But the actual physical things that happen are such a delight that I would love people to experience them um on their own but Anthony I know you've been playing other games because if you don't get to them before the end of the year poof they sure. turn back into a pumpkin uh what else is on your playlist so
2: I played hellboy uh web of weird uh web of yes. word it's an old english word but yeah web of word um so I really 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 am a big fan of hellboy the property mike mignola's comic book graphic novel I love the Guillermo del Toro movies. Sorry, David Harbour. I do not enjoy that, but so I was into this game, uh, very much looking forward to it. And on the one hand, I think it deals in some interesting areas or some interesting ideas. It's a roguelike where you are kind of put, you go into the, the word and you're in these sort of, uh, Rooms that are connected and you can sort of see there's usually like a kind of beacon of light. Okay. This room has this type of upgrade or this type of encounter or something like that. Um, and then when you get to the end, you usually fall down once you do that another time. And then there's a boss. So if you wanted to, you can actually play this game as like a single player, non roguelike sort of because you do start off at the beginning, but you just play, you can play each level. So let's say there's five levels, for example, you can, you beat the boss at the end of the first level. You can then start at the second level, go through, beat that boss, so on and so forth. It then eventually says like, Hey, we want you to start stringing them together, but you don't necessarily have to, if you don't want to, um, if you just want to like get kind of the surface level lore, it is, it is weird because it's not based on any like sort of existing lore. It doesn't tie in.
0: Super Mm, strongly to
2: anything that exists. So if you're, you know, hoping for big reveals, you're not going to get that. It does have the late,
0: yeah, I have to say, yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, it has the late Lance Reddick as the voice of Hellboy, which is great because I love Lance Reddick, but he doesn't necessarily fit Hellboy, um, all that well, in my opinion. Um, and then the combat is quite odd. Uh, it's very what I would describe chunky it almost feels like it's lagging or it's like dropping frames, but really it's just trying to like give you that kind of uh hard hitting melee combat. So the the way that the combat works is you as Hellboy, you can punch, you have uh, your gun or you can swap it out for like a shotgun or something like that. And then you have a dodge and a, a parry. So the end, there's not a ton of enemies everywhere. You're really just, kind of managing them dodging when you need to. But when you dodge or you counter, you get like big hits. Enemies don't have a ton of health. So it's very much like, hey, we're trying to get you to dive deep into getting really super precise with these mechanics, but there's not a lot of depth to them. And you also don't necessarily need to like engage with it all that much. I spent a lot of the game not using the gun because I just found it easier to parry and dodge. Um, I, I literally made it to, I think, the fourth boss, having never died. Wow. Um, but I also played it, pre, played it pre-release, and some of the updates were like, we made it harder. So that ties into <laughs> what we were talking about it. earlier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it... Because it's a Hellboy game, I was into it. But I think coming away from what I played of it, um, I didn't want to just like keep doing the roguelike thing after a certain point. Um, I don't think it's that great. I think it has some interesting ideas. The art style of Hellboy specifically is really cool, but the rest of the world is kind of flat. It it all seem, seems very similar palette. It doesn't have a lot of depth to its design. Um, the combat eventually becomes, okay, do you just learn the patterns of each enemy? You know when to dodge, you know when to counter, and there's not There's not a lot of creativity there. You can't do much more beyond like, okay, I'm going to use the gun here, but the gun just opens you up similar to what a parry would do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sad, but I think there are things that are interesting about the game. So maybe with some updates, it'll be, it'll be more enjoyable. But yeah, what I, what I played pre-release was, uh, pretty disappointing, uh, overall as a Hellboy fan.
0: Got it. Well, you've also uh, returned to the paddock in Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, a game that I was surprised to see get a sequel in the real world, not so quickly, but in my timeline of how the world works, uh, quickly. I, I enjoyed the first game, and then it kind of fell by the wayside as we are swimming in exquisite driving games, and Forza Horizon 5 kind of filled the hole of every racer, Uh, until DT7's VR mode came out. And I was like, oh, now this is also all I play. But I'm curious if Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, in your opinion, kind of taps into the charm of the first game or brings anything new to the table or if it's kind of more of the same, and that's okay. I lost your audio. What happened? Can you hear me? Sorry, I'm muted. Uh, There
2: you go. It is more more of the same. It is not necessarily... um, like the same types of levels, they do more things with the creativity and and the design of this. Your little Hot Wheels in a massive world, and mm-hmm. um, you're going to different tracks, and and the end goal is to f- fight these bosses, but. It's not, that part is not super engaging. It seems like it would be cool, but it's not. It's really, the racing is really fun. Um And my criticisms of the first game were largely that it wasn't very friendly to newcomers or especially kids, which is weird because it's a Hot Wheels game. So they have a lot more of assists and things like that, that I really appreciate. Similar to Wonder, you know, my son being able to play and he, you know, he doesn't always remember to hold the gas. He doesn't, you know, always know how to Maneuver through jumps and it, it has assists for all kinds of things like that, which I really appreciate. Um, the original game was, was just a little demanding. It was pretty difficult, you know, getting first place in some racing games is like, this is a piece of cake. And in other racing games is like, this is, you gotta make me be precise. And, and that seems like a, a big ask. And I feel like it leaned more towards that way. And this one dials it back a bit. There's also kind of customization as far as difficulty and things like that. So I think if you liked Hot Wheels Unleashed the first one but you maybe you know wanted to play it more with family members or maybe you you had some slight nitpicks but you overall enjoyed the the kind of presentation in the package this is more of the same and it's enjoyable it has some kind of fun non-racing mini games that are pretty cool uh but they're not like they're nothing to write home about. It's not as if they're like reinventing the wheel. And they're also not like, you know, using the Hot Wheels brand or the idea of being a small car to create like yeah. jaw dropping things. It's, it's a lot of like, okay, I, I've seen this backdrop and now I'm just seeing it from a different angle. Um, they did away with one of the other criticisms that I think people had from the first game was the loot box system of getting cars. Yeah. Now you can really just like outright buy them. Um, there's still currency and things like that, but now it's, it's like, you want that car, you, you don't have to like roll the dice on loot boxes for that, which is nice. Um, but yeah, like you said, there, there is, I think at the time that the first one came out, there was sort of a barren wasteland of racing games, I think. Uh, so it kind of came in there and it was like, oh, this is different. This one, it's like, okay, well, now we have some actually really good racing games, and this one is more of the same. So I, it's harder to say, okay, you must play this one. But if you enjoyed the first one, I think you will enjoy this one. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, it sounds like they made some meaningful improvements to some of the criticisms folks had with it. And, uh, you know, something people can keep their eye on. And maybe now the game that their their kids would enjoy. Um, the other than Mario Wonder, the last game that I wanted to mention is again Spider-Man 2. Last week's episode, we had our full review of that game with Jeff and I, spoiler free. So you can listen to that. We are going to be doing a a spoiler chat for the game. I last week I said I had all but, you know, 100% of the game. I have now 100% of the game, done everything there is to do. It also took out my launch, uh, DualSense controller. The little, the plastic on the analog is, is gone, Spider-Man. I need to get I need to get some webbing to uh to fix that baby back up. But I only want to bring it up again this week to say if you are like me and maybe don't always engage with side missions, while Spider-Man 2's side missions themselves maybe aren't the most amazing thing each and every one, I think what it does story-wise is super compelling. And if not in the mission itself they almost all had an incredible story or emotional payoff and i really commend insomniac for that i think oftentimes you'll run through a whole long list of side missions and it'll just be like that's the last one and it's like oh, i guess i got all the sneakers cool and S- insomniac and spider-man 2 i think found a way to make those very interesting very compelling and um all worth doing so again Tons of praise for Spider-Man 2. Um, our Barbenheimer, uh, what would it be? The uh, Someone's probably already done it, but I don't even know. The Spider Wonder of uh, October 20th is an absolute- Spider Bros. Spider Bros. Uh, that works pretty well, because that could just be Spider-Man 2. You know, you never- yep. it, it could just be the game. Uh, an absolute treat for the senses and for the fingers. Uh, not so much for the dual senses, just mine. Mine wore out. It happens. Um We have, uh, parting gifts coming up. Um, but that is the, 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 the meat and potatoes of this week's show. Evan, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, spending your night with us. Where can folks, I know you mentioned, uh, on checkpoint, how you'd already talked about final fantasy 16, quite a good bit, but where can folks, uh, hear more about that and get more of what you are putting out, uh, on the internet. Well, uh, like, like you mentioned, Megadeth's
1: checkpoint, uh, it is, that's my, my fiefdom or fiefdom. I've never known which is the right way to pronounce it. It's, it's yours.
0: So you can pick whichever one it's you mine. want. It's, it's I yours. can do whatever I want. That's
1: right. Uh, it's a roughly monthly show. I think we're at about a month and a half right now. Uh, so we're a little behind, but that's, that is my own doings, uh, because for the first time in years I've taken actual vacations. So it's, it's thrown off some of my schedule. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a monthly show. We do we bring on a guest, uh, and we it's it's very actually very similar to, uh, to to the format of this show. So it's we talk about stuff we're playing, and so, you know maybe some news things. But uh, we we bring on streamers, and we bring on journalists. We we actually had uh, one of my favorite guests. We had recently was the head coach of one of the local colleges to to our area. Uh, uh, their esports team. Uh, which was a very interesting conversation. If you want to hear two old guys try to figure out how eSports work, that's a great show to listen to. Um, uh, so yeah, megadads is is a big one for that uh, if i if I'm allowed uh, to, to plug plug my own stuff, uh, I actually run a yes. podcast network myself. Uh, here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis area Uh, it's called Fancy Pants Gangsters Uh, just find FancyPantsGangsters.com we're kind of in a transition right now because we're moving to the new website and we got some new shows coming up but uh, the big shows we've got uh, for that uh, we do a a restaurant review show uh, which won't mean much to people outside the Twin Cities uh, but if you want to hear people talk about food while eating it that is a good one Uh, but also we do a show called The Voice Behind which is a show that I do it's a voice actor interview show uh and we the the next few episodes we're going to be having a bunch of the cast of genshin impact um and we've had we've had a, a lot of different um uh, different legends on uh so it's it's a very fun show uh but that's at fancymansgangsters.com and we've got a bunch of other shows we've been doing the doing the network since 2008 uh so we've got a lot of back catalog on stuff if, if you like um I used to do a video game show if you want to hear really old video game reviews, uh, but we've, uh, we've got audio dramas, we've got all sorts of, we had different music shows. Uh, so there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of content. There. There's more to come because I'm, I have a sickness and it comes out <laughs> through podcasting.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Well, we're big fans of mega dads and uh, I yes, love it. Megadads.org, People,
1: show. This is megadads.org,
0: yeah. Fabulous website. Um, and, uh,
1: their, their willingness to hire me, notwithstanding there, it's all a bunch of good guys.
0: <laughs> so definitely check that out. Uh, that's awesome. Well, Anthony Taramina is always a pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, for yes, hopping sir. in. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, you had mentioned that, um, you know, there's an Alan Waite game coming out this week as we are recording this. Um, uh, I, I think that you might be editor in chief at a website that would maybe have a review for that at some point or something. Uh, I have no idea what
2: you are talking about. Uh, I would imagine if reviews are going to be available for a game like Alan Wake Two, that uh, we would have one. Uh, but if you want more current stuff, we have a review of Spider Man Two. No review of Super Mario Wonder. Sorry. Um, yeah. And then we also have s- yet. Um, we also have some fun stuff coming. Uh, we do a monthly kind of program that we're calling game rant advance where we look at uh upcoming games that are basically just about to release we talk to the devs get them to be a little bit more candid we did one uh in september for lies of p and this month it's just at the tailor end um it's a tailor end, tail end of the month it's gonna be for uh a release early november called the invincible so if you want to see that uh it'll be all over the homepage, so you just go to gamerant.com or i'll also you know kind of uh sing its praises on my twitter if you want to follow me on twitter uh at antormina a-n-t-a-o-r-m-i-n-a uh yeah that's that's pretty much it game rant
0: awesome well this show is on uh threads and instagram dlc hype train it is on youtube at dlc pod but right now it is going to transition into our parting gifts Evan Peterson, do you have something that perhaps isn't a video game to help get folks through their week?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. I so, in a previous life before all this, I was a uh, an actual terrestrial radio dJ. Um, here in Minneapolis and I, for about 12 years, I did the, one of the very few, uh, ska and reggae radio shows, uh, f- uh talking about that genre of music, which you may remember, uh, was kind of a big deal in the late nineties. But the thing is that, that that community still exists and it's still, it's honestly, it's probably better than it's been in decades, uh, but it, it is still a, a very active musical community. There's a lot of great bands coming out. I just uh, a few weeks ago, I went down to uh, Virginia uh, and uh, at the Supernova Ska Festival. And uh, one of the bands that was playing there was a band called the Dendrites. Uh, which is out of Denver, I believe. Uh, but and this is just—I I picked this mostly because this is the band. This is this particular album. Just the, the the Shuffle Gods keep throwing it at me like all week when I'm just playing music randomly. It Keeps putting stuff from the EP, and it's a fabulous EP. It's called Luncheon with the Dendrites. Came out came or came out in 2020. Uh, it's just a little six uh, six track EP clocks in about 20 minutes or so fabulous music. If you're unfamiliar with uh ska music or that it think of, especially the way the dendrites play, it's much more of a soul meets reggae meets a little bit of punk in there. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a very wide variety of, of genres, uh, be able to mix in there, but the dendrites is, is, is a legit band and uh, they're worth checking out. If you're, if you, if you, if you're a fan of horns and in bands, that's their one to check out. So
0: check them out. Awesome. Luncheon with the dendrites, uh, by the dendrites and Kataramina, How about yourself?
2: Parting gift? Well, so yeah, my my first parting gift was going to be the parting gift that's your parting gift because we can double up on a parting gift. Well, no, no problem I with mean, that. I can, but I, I just want to echo, I assume, everything you're going to say about this thing. Um, but for my own parting gift, uh, my wife and I, we've been watching uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which comes mm. out, starts uh, next month. Allowed to talk a little bit about it. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting examination of kind of the people that are impacted by the MonsterVerse stuff, your your Godzillas, your King Kongs. So Monarch, for those people that pay attention to the lore in those movies, if you do, uh, is the company that sort of has been monitoring all of the mutos that appear. Um, so there's, there's sort of like a connective tissue to both the past um, and the present of those. Uh, it does a really interesting thing where it has Wyatt Russell, who... Some people might recognize he's in, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He plays, uh, the agent, right? I forget his name. Uh, anyway, the guy that, the guy that uh, goes a little crazy with the shield, uh, he, US agent, US agent, US agent. Thank you. Uh, he is in the past and Wyatt Russell's actual dad is Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell plays Wyatt Russell's character in the present. So that's really cool. That's fun.
0: That's fun.
2: Um, but yeah, it, it, it is an interesting examination. It's less heavy on the, monster stuff it does have that but it's it's a really cool kind of dive into this world of what happens you know to the people that are studying these monsters or are just impacted by the destruction of these monsters not just like watching godzilla fight king kong
0: very cool and that's on apple tv plus i believe when it comes yeah it comes out. Yeah. on apple tv plus starting uh the first episode airs next month Very cool. Well, what was going to be Anthony's and is also mine and can be Anthony's and a mine arm in arm is the new Blink 182 album One More Time is an absolute triumph. I think it manages to be new and unique and while at the same time being very much Blink, this is the first album back with Mark, Tom and Travis. They've been touring and they released the single Edging maybe almost a year ago now. It feels like a long time ago, but this is the album that that is part of. And it is beautiful. It's, you know, personal songs for them. It harkens back to, you know, you can hear stuff from their past work in it, but it is also wholly new. It is not something that is just playing on nostalgia. It's not just, oh, did you like take off your pants and jacket? Well, here it comes. This is that song. Um, It very much feels like them evolving as a band and um, reconciling with a lot of stuff that has happened uh, to them as a band over the decades, and if you listen to this show, you know that I often have pop punk recommendations at the end of uh, at the end of each show. But one more time by Blink One Eighty Two is uh, it's tremendous. It's it's truly, truly t- tremendous, and I love seeing them play again together and release this record. I hope it is not the last. I really enjoyed California and Nine as well. I think those are true. Blink albums, so to speak, but it is hard not to just be head over heels in love with Mark Tom and Travis back together again, and and having the fun they are clearly having on one more time, while also writing songs about things that clearly matter to them, which is yeah. really cool to see for a band that you know has grown up. I, from I think very young. One more time is is arguably the
2: best song ever for a band that's like okay, we're reuniting. We're going to make a song. I think like it is it's crazy how powerful that song is.
0: It's beautiful. And the video, too, is fantastic. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but it's a, it's a really smartly done video. It's uh, it's a force. I, I uh, if you don't listen to the other pop punk stuff I've recommended, but you've been interested or you've liked some Blink over the time. uh, Pull up one more time. I think I think you will love it. We also have a listener uh, parting gift. You can send those to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Dan who writes, happy weekend. I mean, Jeff, feel better, Jeff. Uh, Christian and the lovely DLC community, I have some folk music I want to share with everyone. Typically, when I think of folk music these days, bands like Fleet Foxes or Tallest Mo- Tallest Man on Earth come to mind, well... What Thurman, a maestro from the Netherlands, brings to the table is folk in the traditional European sense with a modern flair. Instrumental, magical, and with a twinge of darkness. The album Uteseta? Uteseta? U-T-I-S-E-T-A is my recommendation for you all, and I think it is a perfect gaming companion, although I've been using it as a companion to Memories of Ice. Honestly, this music captured me from the first pluck of the guitar with its lush and dense compositions. You can find it on any streamers like Spotify, but I highly encourage you check out Thurnin's, T-H-U-R-N-I-N, Thurnin's on Bandcamp, which if you just go to thernan.bandcamp.com. You will find it there. You can support the artist directly and find more awesome music and like-minded fans. I hope you all get lost in this album and Thernan and other men here. Like I did wishing you all a great fall Dan P. Well, thank you, Dan. As I mentioned, if you would like your parting gift read, you can send it to us dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Thank you again to Evan Peterson and Anthony Taramina for joining us Jeff, I hope you feel better because I really want to hear your Mario thoughts. I want to hear if you got any playtime in or if your son just, uh, you know, kneecapped you and took the switch. Maybe you're perfectly healthy. You're just locked in a closet and your son isn't letting you out because he's playing uh Super Mario <laughs> wonder this whole time. Uh, feel better. We're excited to have you back on. Thank you for musical contributors. Uh, thank you to white cube who wrote our theme song. Of course, Sean Madigan and his wife for all of the bumpers. They do that. Anthony Taramina bumper is pure, pure fire. And of course, thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod where you get this show, video versions of this show, ad-free versions of this show, two full seasons of Feeling This, DLC Book Club with Jeff and Lana. You get the Wednesday show, Paid DLC, where Jeff, Lana Bishinsky, Lana Bashinsky and I uh, dive into uh, now each week a community prompt and comments. And this past week, we went through the DLC Halloween candy bracket and did our version of it. And perhaps our most controversial episode of all time uh, where that one ended up. I won't spoil it for you, but all of that and more is avail- available for you at patreon.com slash dlcpod. And of course, thank you to our top tier patrons, our hype train patrons, who now what we're doing is creating a video game just for you, which I am going to do right now. Okay, so I remember when Stugass came out and it blew me away as a 32X game. Cause I was the kid who got a 32X, right? And I got a 32X for Star Wars arcade, sure. Doom, you betcha. You know, I wasn't gonna let those Super Nintendo kids play Doom and not let me play Doom. I, I wanted the 32X version of Doom. And did I think that the 32X would be abandoned so quickly after it came out? No, I mean, I, I was I was a kid. I wasn't thinking about that. I, I loved my Tower of Terror, my Sega CD, my Sega Genesis, my 32X. Yeah, I keep piling stuff on because Stu Goss came out and transformed what I thought a Sega game could be. You know, we had games like Sonic and Three Knuckles where you put Sonic three on knuckles in and then sonic three and he built this whole tower and it was incredible and 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 sega was maybe faltering at the time right but stu goss came out and just made me believe in sega again i mean i remember the hot goss going around my friends at the time about is this game going to be any good you know like what is it going to be? Is it going to be a fighter? Because we just, back then, you know, we just saw a few screenshots in GamePro and EGM and you had kind of had to decipher what it was. We couldn't just see trailers. And I mean, the goss was wild on the playground about what this game would be and whether or not it would be any good. And when it came out as a game that worked like Sonic and Three Knuckles, but for any game on the 32X which, let's be honest, was just four games, but any game, and you clicked them in, and it brought Stew into the game? Incredible. Incredible. Playing Star Wars Arcade, and suddenly the Admiral Akbar, you know, VO in the game, which still just kind of basically using Sega, uh, Genesis style sound, well, I'm the trap, but instead it said, the Stew's there. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Knowing that Red Leader was Stew and as you're going through the trench run was awesome. And changing Doom Guy to Stew Guy was so much fun. I remember I put it on easy. So it'd be like Stew with a little baby hat, a little pacifier instead of, instead of Doom Guy. It was just fun little add-ons like that. And I think things that really breathe that Sega creativity into the 32X in ways that enough people don't talk about. So thank you, Stu Goss, for being the best Sega 32X game. And of course, thank you for being a hype-trained patron and to all of our patrons who make this show possible. Thank you very much. Okay, that is our show. Thank you again, Evan and Anthony, for joining me today. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week when Jeff will be back and he will say, think about what you put into the world and make it a better place.